Abi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's seven minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. And if I can just indulge in the first two minutes, just to say a big thank you to all the members of the Kibbutz Beirut Yitzchak, where I spent some time over the last weekend, and especially to Fred for the phenomenal work that's done, um, just for making South Africans feel so welcome there, for creating a program that really looks after the guys while they're there. And uh, just to a quick reflection of my whirlwind trip into Israel um, for a couple of days is that it's just the most phenomenal place and it's the most, Jerusalem is the most phenomenal city. Um, one thing that struck me is that every time I go there, the growth and the expansion is absolutely phenomenal. The amount of work that's done to upgrade the city, the efficiency of it is just staggering. The other thing that kept bringing, being brought into stark reality for me was that the multiculturalism of the city. You walk past Arabs, you walk past Christians, you walk past Jews and non-Jews and different people and everybody's mingling and everybody's happy and there's just no issue about ours and yours. It's just a city that welcomes everyone. So to the residents of Jerusalem, a, a big thank you for making myself and my family feel so welcome there as you always do. And once again to Beirut Yitzchak, Thank you so much for the phenomenal work you do and the great kibbutz that you run. And uh, that was my two minutes of indulgence just to say thank you for that. But coming back to South Africa, what private and government institutions are always looking for is money. Simply because money is the grease that makes the wheels turn, allows organizations to run. And when you get a big company like Service to making a donation to the Nelson Mandela's Children's Hospital, it's a big thing. It is a they nailing they're nailing the colours to the mast, so to speak. A company like Service is saying this is the organisation we want to support. So it gives me great welcome to great honour rather to welcome Zolani Zuma, who's the MD of Service Integrated Solutions to Chai FM. Welcome to Chai FM. Welcome. Um, thank you so much for welcoming me. Um, I'm I'm really really um, happy to be here. It's exciting. Um, Look, um, for us, the donation was just honestly, um, you know, an indication of our commitment to to the project. Um, Servist has been involved with um, Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital since um, 2016. And um, from that time, we had committed that um, whichever way or means We'll find a way, we'll find a way to make sure that we contribute to the cause just so that we more than just a service provider to them. Currently, um, we, um, on site providing, um, um, technical services and security for, for the hospital as part of the, um, service provider team that's on, on site. Um, we were fortunate enough to be involved um, with the hospital at the time when they were commissioning the um, um, the installations within the hospital, and we've been retained as a preferred service provider for for technical and um, and security. Um, Zlai, I tell you what, we need to run to the shops quickly because adverts is what makes the radio station run. So give us a few minutes. Let's quickly have some ads, and we'll come back to you in a minute. Abi on money. 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 12 minutes past 12. And in studio with me is Olani Zuma, who's the MD of Service Integrated Solutions. And we are talking about 
serviced as a company, and more specifically about the collaboration between serviced and the National Man- and Nelson Mandela's Children's Hospital. So, I mean, let me just clear a, a protocol issue with yeah. you up front. You're a service provider to the hospital. Um, they use your security. They sure. use others. So you're making a donation to the hospital. Is it not a conflict of interest there? No, actually not. Um, look, there's... At a point, you need to um, realize that what you do within a client environment goes beyond just providing a service. And for us, it was about identifying with the cause and ensuring that um, with the little that we have in their environment, we can then commit um, beyond that. I mean, if you look at uh, potential of conflict, for us, it doesn't exist. I mean, there's always been um, a very clear directive from um, the the organization that's responsible for for the hospital that we're not sole providers to to the hospital. So we've gone through a process right now, for instance, where they've brought in other service providers who deal with other elements of the service provision and we have um, a sizable but not uh, no, um, um, entire responsibility for the hospital. Again, that is to ensure that there is competitive um, relationships within the entire um, um, uh, portfolio. When it comes to the Nelson Mandela's Children's Hospital, let's, I know you're not the spokesperson of the hospital, but maybe give us a bit of a background. When the hospital start, it's obviously a children's hospital. Why is it special? And why does service have a soft spot for it? Because I am certain that on a daily basis, you get letters across your email or your desk asking, please will you get involved in this, that, and the other. And I'm sure people play on all the cultural and all the historical and all every angle they can come at to try to yep. extract money out of you. Why did you choose this organization? So the hospital is, has been 11 years of hard work with you know everybody involved in it. And um, it the Children's Hospital works primarily on donations, and we've walked the journey with them from early FM engagement through to their opening. And now, as a service provider, we as an organization um, have adopted the hospital as our preferred charity, and we believe in giving back, hence our commitment to um, the donation after the research study, which basically is the basis on which we donated the amount of um, about 10500 that we donated to um, to the charity. So how it actually worked was we wanted to do an industry survey. And as part of the industry survey, we decided that we're going to commit um, 50 rands for each person that downloads that that survey. Um, can tell you now the survey went live in July, mm. right? And when it did, we had about 250 people that downloaded it. And at that time, we needed to make good of the of the um, commitment to donate for every one person that downloads the survey, 50 rands towards the um, children's hospital. And that's what we did. Is this going to be an annual event? Look, um, as an organization, we have um, Lisipo Trust, which is a trust that has pledged 400,000 towards the hospital for the first year of our operation um, within the hospital and the first year of the hospital operation. The hospital has gone live first of August, um, you know, and we've now um, obviously on that cycle of the first year and we're using our trust beyond just the donation we did to drive that donation of the 400,000 um, at the end of the first um, um, year of operation. Was it a carte blanche donation? Did you give it to them and say, do with it what you want, or was it more specific, we want it to be used for 
medicine, CAT scans, nurses. So, so our approach was the the hospital is under very good care of the um, the trust that looks after it, and we have committed um, to donate, and we want them the, we wanted the trust to decide then how it sees fit to use that donation, and because we have a very good relationship with the hospital leadership, um, we we then we trust that we get to know how the money is used post our donations. I know that was a bit of a, a ambush question, but just you know that's something that you're hearing a lot these days. We're very willing to give, but we want to see where our money is being used. Whereas prior it was, well, if the organization needs money, they will allocate it where they need. And unfortunately, society has become a bit skeptical. Yeah. The fact that you as a CEO of a company like Service are happy to do that shows on the integrity of the management team. Of the hospital, the hospital that you have yeah. trusted them. Let, um, let's, maybe let's go a little bit back. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Servest and your tenure there. Um, first of all, for those who don't know, let's talk about a little bit who is Servest, what do you do, why do you exist? All right. Um, how much time do you have again? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, for, 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 you've got two minutes and 20 seconds, but then you've got another 10 minutes afterwards. <clears throat> Look, Servest is a... Um, proud South African integrated facilities management company founded in uh, 1996. So about last year, we celebrated our 20 years of existence. Um, it is a company that uh, provides comprehensive range of facilities management solu- solutions geared towards driving efficiencies um, for our clients. Okay, so th- let's just break that down. It sounds very good and very important. Yeah. What do you do? So I walk into a mall. Where am I going to see service? So where am I service. not going to see them, but they're doing things? <laughs> All right. So if you look at our service lines, for instance, we we do cleaning, right? We do security, we do technical from you know your CCTVs, access control. You may have seen some of our um, you know work in um, Mall of Africa, for instance, and a couple of other malls where we manage parking, and we've got a new um, app which is called Kaching, where which allows for you to enter the the um, the parking area without necessarily having to stop. And haven't you partnered with Discovery with Kaching? Um, no, not really. Um, well, there's, there's another episode that Discovery is part of. With. Okay, sorry, carry on. Yeah. So we've got a facility that allows for people to access, you know, um, parking areas without necessarily having to stop there and um, pull out a ticket. It reads um, your registration number as you, come, as you come in because your details have been preloaded onto the app. It allows for us to deduct the parking, the parking fee after you exit immediately, sending you notifications that you had parked here for this time. This is how much that has been deducted. From your from your account, that is one of our innovative products that is out there in the market. But over and above that, we also then um, provide you know from your marine services, catering, landscaping, um, hygiene services. It's an array of services. Now, my division, for instance, is now the new generation of uh, facilities management from you know your global trends. Um, everybody now is looking to integrate all of these services. So moving away from providing services in a silo form where you just have a security or a cleaner, catering or landscaping, we're now saying, but where is the next opportunity for companies to derive value 
from you know from the services that they procure from us and we've then said we need to start integrating our our service offering to to the market which is a um, a, a, a global trend and we um advocating it in the country as one of the few companies that actually integrates and self-delivers the services. So we do not just come on board and be a management agent for, for, for our clients. We come on board and we commit our resources and we and we um, we effectively deliver the services ourselves. About 95% of our services that I've just mentioned to you are self-delivered, including our professional services um, Component which speaks to your, um, you know, your engineering disciplines, project management, QS, and so forth. Um, if you don't mind, let's take another break. I know we just took one, but time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, um, what I'd like to do is maybe go into that integration a little bit more and just to extract and extrapolate how it actually works practically. I'll be back with you in a moment. Avi on money. 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9 FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 22 minutes past 12. And in studio with me is Zolani Zuma, who's the MD of Serviced Integrated Solutions. And what we were discussing during the break was, what is integration? Um, and if you wouldn't mind just rehashing it, I know you gave me a 20-second snippet. But my facetious question to you was, how do you have integration? So the same guy's doing the security who's doing the garden. Um, and I suppose that's because I was just thinking of our offices where we have uh, a William, a wonderful chap who does the security, and then there's two guys doing the guarded. Um, yeah. But you explained it very nicely. Maybe you wouldn't mind just re-mentioning where the efficiency comes through yeah. in dealing with one company. Sure. So, so um, as I was articulating that, the, the exciting thing about this whole concept of integration is that you are now able to provide to um, clients out there a service where they go and speak to one person about all their services um, and they get one invoice from the multitude of services that they may have on site. But over and above that, the other value add is from a cost perspective, you are now able to drive some cost savings for your client because um, unlike when you have a silo, you know, service operation, um, one service provider per service line that um, that you require within your property, you now are dealing with one company, and that means you are avoiding picking up the markup from each and every service provider that is providing the multitude of services that you have within your site, depending on how big or small the site is. That's the most important thing, but critical to that is the fact that you're now able to drive efficiencies. You're also able to drive standardization of your operations from a quality perspective. So you can literally say, this is the kind of quality I expect from um, yourself serviced as my service provider. And through our service level agreements and such, um, um, you know, quality assurance um, systems, we are able to monitor that our delivery is in line with your expectation. And that is, for me, the critical component of what we do on a day-to-day basis as service. Um, one thing I just I'm mentioning, as I said to you, I, I did a lot of traveling the last week. And the one thing that, that I see wherever I go is that I don't really mind um, what is actually delivered in a, in a small way. But what really makes a big impact is how, how it's, it's delivered. delivered. You know, a person says to you, sir, 
please would you sit down? It's a bit dangerous now. You're descending, yeah. as opposed to sit in your seat. The, the the experience is worlds apart, and when you walk into a company and the security guard um, greets you and they're friendly and they're neat and they're tidy and this may be a joke and you just think the guy's been on duty since six o'clock this morning. He must probably travel two hours to get there. It's now 4.30 in the afternoon, and he's still got a smile on his face. His wife's waiting for him. His kids need help with his homework, and he's got two hours to get home. But there's still this approach of a smile on the face. All of a sudden, society changes. Yeah. How do you inculcate that culture into people at work for you? So we've got something called um, the power of one. Um, within service. Okay, so who was the original author of that book? Put you on the spot. <laughs> who wrote that book? It's actually not a book. It's 20 years of providing the services. It's 20 years. But there, there was a book called The Power of One written by Brass Courtney. Yeah. Thank you for that. No and it, Have you never watched the movie? <coughs> the Power of One. Yes. Uh, no, I've missed it. All three of you <laughs> nodding your heads. <laughs> no. Ladies and gentlemen. Please go and find the movie The Power of One. It is the most phenomenal movie, just a bit of history. I was a student overseas in 1989, um, and my mother sent me this book. Um, and I read the book from cover to cover. Yeah. I couldn't put it down, which was a problem because I was meant to be in classes at the time. <laughs> because it all took a lot of it took place here at Kipps. Because sure. the boy in the, in, the, in the story went to Kepps and I lived in an observatory, which is just on top of the ridge there. And I could relate to it. And simply about a, a South African boy who is brought up by his domestics, for lack of a better term. His father passes away. His mother's a useless farmer and she loses the farm. And he goes to live with his grandfather, who he then gets introduced to a German man at the time of the Second World War. And here we are with the whole milieu of racism, of black people being accused for no reason, being sentenced and jailed for no reason, and this boy integrating with him, and boxing becomes his life. Mm. And he meets up with a youngster called Dingon, who's a black kid and he's a white kid, but he is absolutely fluent in many African languages because of the way it was... And it's his journey... And what it does to my children who grew up past, past, post apartheid is it opens this window as to the evil that happened in our backyards. And we actually embraced it because we didn't know better. Not that that's an excuse, but sure. that was just what happened. Sure. Now, Ned Blunkers was what the bitches said, and that's what it was. So black people don't sit there. Mm. And you've got to read this book. You will be a richer South African for it. Right. Sorry to, to diverge there, but it's an amazing, it's called The Power of One. It's a beautiful read, and it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant movie. It's, it's, it's quite interesting then, because the whole fundamentals around how we've come up with the concept of Power of One is around that. It's literally saying, um, it doesn't matter where you are, a person who walks in front of you as a client is your number one person. That is the most important person to you. So it is not, you know, if you're in Sentin and you're servicing clients in Sentin, they're more important than um, a client in Bratz somewhere or in Lhuhuwe in KwaZulu-Natal. Our clients are the most important people across the board, and we greet them with that smile. We say goodbye to them with that smile, and we go out there and perform our duties with the greatest of 
you know, passion and love for that which we do on a day-to-day basis. Because when we do right in that which we do, we believe that as facilities managers, we brighten everybody's day. Hence, the whole point of facilities management being there to create an enabling environment for businesses out there to do what they're good at. Let's take you away from your company as as, as a company and let's talk a little bit about the man, you yourself. Before we get into your background and where you came from, you come across as a humble individual, somebody who's committed to what they do. As an MD, as a leader, how does one pass that positive energy down? How does one manage that within your team? Because the first thing that I would be concerned about is, ah, Zolani's a walkover. He's just go and schmooze with him and he'll let it go. And, ah, so you came late, just tell him, don't worry, you'll buy him something. And uh, how do you, how do you pass that energy and that openness down at the same time? Keep that fine line that this is the line and don't cross it because we are a company and profit is what drives us. You're right. So, <laughs> It's quite interesting. You know, when I speak to the team, I always say to them, um, we need to realize that what we do on a day-to-day basis is not a destination. It's a journey. Now, what I do in my space, I travel the journey with the team. I make sure that the team understands exactly what is important to us. So there's big talk about, for instance, in the corporate um, world about strategy. But if you do not translate that strategy to you know, operational day-to-day plans that a cleaner, you know, a security at the gate, um, um, your maintenance electrician guy can appreciate there's a serious disconnect between that which you're trying to achieve as an organization and the workforce, the, the colleagues that are there to actually operationalize your strategy. So in my view, what is important is within the journey, is consistently reminding the teams why we do that which we do every day. It's consistently um, bringing the team closer to the strategic intent of the organization and making them realize that each and every one of them, be it you are a cleaner, you are a security, you are a gardener, you actually, in your own way, add value towards the entire organization achieving its strategic objectives. Do you get out into the field? Do you go out and see staff in the operational day-to-day activities? Yes, I do. I actually love that. That's the best part of my day because all of a sudden I realize what goes into um, the numbers that we see on a month and, you know, the numbers that we see every year. And all of a sudden, I recognize with the pressures that are sitting importantly with the clients as a result of the services um, that we, we supposed to be providing onto their sites, which then immediately um, causes it or creates an environment where one is able to resolute at a, at a, at a quicker turnaround time issues that clients are faced with, but also to um, be their support structure for for, the, for our teams on the ground. So most of my colleagues, wherever I go, because as service, we have the advantage of being um, one of the biggest companies in, in South Africa, um, in, in actual fact, in Africa at large, and we everywhere. So I go into Monte Casino Security, there's my guard out there, and I greet them with a smile, I thank them for that which they're doing, and I actually observe how they're engaging with customers. And I think that has given them um, a level of motivation because they're not alone out there. 
graphing working for a company that does not engage or come close to them. We're closer to our people as a business, but more importantly, we're closer to our clients as the people that we deliver services to. Have you ever been, you know, on going on your side visits, been given advice by one of the staff members on the ground um, about something that they feel they could do to improve the company? You know, is an example you could give us? Well, I was um, at one of my clients' site, I think, um, last week or so. Um, and one of the landscaping service um, guys on site, I mean, I went to them, I stopped the car, I get out of the car, I go and I greet the gentleman. Hello, Baba, how are you? How are you doing today? Um, how is your work? You know, and they're busy watering, you know. And this, <laughs> this gentleman says, well, uh, Mr. Zuma, I'm fine, you know, but it would help me if you guys could provide us with, um, you know, more than one um, hose pipes. Because if we did that, not only I could be watering, you could have most probably two people watering at the same time, which cuts the time at which we do this exercise, you know, shorter and allow us to do more, you know, within this time that we have on site. And I immediately went back, picked up the phone and I spoke to the colleagues and I said, colleagues, we need to find more innovative ways of, you know, servicing um, these sites. Look at how we could drive efficiencies within our operations by maybe resourcing better. You know, and I'm comfortable and excited about the fact that the landscaping team with um, the head of the department was able to actually go out and say to the team, yes, we'll give you more resources. Because what more do you want from your, your colleagues who are out there on the ground more than them saying this can be done better? But if you hadn't been there as the boss in that position. Opportunity missed. And yes, and being approachable where the guy could speak to you without fear or favor and say to you, look, this is our genuine issue. I just want to relate a story. I think I've mentioned it before on on air, um, just about client service and interaction. And I've heard this from a a gentleman who now lives here. His name is Rabbi Noam Wagner. It's it's happened to his grandfather who, in I think it was 1939, was a lawyer in Berlin in Germany. And every morning he would go to work and it was getting a bit rough for Jews at that time. And, or it could have been earlier, I'm not sure of the year, he walked into his office and the doorman, every office had a doorman, and pulled him aside into a cleaning closet on the side and shut the door. He got a bit anxious, like, what is this guy doing? He said to him, don't go up to your office, they're waiting for you. Sure. Go home, get your family, and get out of here. So how he got out was a different story, but he turned around to this man and said, why have you done this? If anybody, if anybody has seen this interaction... Or if it's found out that you were the one who took me off, you and your family are going where I was going to go. Mm. I said, it's very simple. Every morning, you greet me as a person. You know my name. You know my wife's name. You know how many children I've got. Everybody else sees me as a piece of machinery that just opens the door. Sure. And that was the end of the conversation. Which is by treating the person like a human being, yeah. taking the two seconds to find out his name, how he's doing, did he have a good day, what's happening with your kids. The man was prepared to risk his life to tip him off. And that's something that's always stayed with me, that you never know who you're interacting with. You never know. And again, just to share, um, uh, we had a thing in our office where people were getting upset that uh, Glenda, the cleaning lady um, who works for one of these, or, or, I don't know if it's for you, but another big organization, was leaving at 3 o'clock in the morning. But I said, but when I get here sometimes at 6, she's also here. Mm. And then I went to speak to Glenda. I said, where do you live? She says, I live in Orange Farm. I said, uh-huh. 
what time do you leave home? She says, I'm standing at the taxi at quarter past four. Sure. And I went to my colleague and I said, guys, have you ever been bursting for the loo? He says, yeah. I said, what do you do? You take your car, you drive into a garage and you find the loo. Hmm. Can you imagine being in a taxi and not being able to get out the line because you, then you'll miss your spot and then you'll get too late. And we are going to scream at you for being late. And she still gets to get home and make supper for her kids. So she's putting in her hours and more. Sure. Maybe we need to have a bit of give and yeah. take. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it just took a realization of the reality of who we're working with. The work is excellent. The, the, mm. the personality is fantastic. We, in our ivory towers, because of who we are, for whatever reason, sometimes have to stretch out a little bit and to ask, where are you coming from? Sure. What's the issue here? Sure. And if we can appreciate that, then we just eliminate all the problems and we've got solutions. Exactly. exactly. Yourself, where, where do you come from? And I don't, I don't, you know, I know you're South African, your, your yeah. surname's given that away. Yeah. <laughs> but what's your corporate, your corporate history? Jeez. So, um, first and foremost, every time the question is asked, I always say to people, um, I'm the less famous Zoomer. <laughs> you might be more famous, you're less infamous. <laughs> I'm less infamous. Exactly. So, um, one, my, thing, my one thing I must say I'm very careful to do here yeah. is I'm always very careful on radio to always address um, President Zuma as President Zuma. President, yeah. And the reason being is that no matter the shenanigans that go on, president. president Zuma is a democratically, fairly, Elected exactly. president by the people of this country. Exactly. Until that changes, he's president. Yeah, yeah. So, in the corporate world, I so before joining um, um, service, I was um, with APSA. I was the regional head of um, APSA Western Region, looking after their property portfolio, covering um, four provinces in South Africa. Um, before that, I had worked for both. Look, in my 18 years of um, you know facilities management experience, I've worked for both um, private um, and public sector. You know, including um, um, non-profit organisations. You know, so um, I believe I've I've had the advantage over the years. You know, of having worked for um, for corporates as a client. Um, which is a very interesting transition, my now moving from being a client to being a service provider, you know. But, um, um, again, it comes with its advantages. Like I said, um, being a client for 18 years, um, I walk into a service environment, service provider environment, um, with my eyes wide open because I've been a client for 18 years. I relate to what clients out there require, what pains them, and what they hold very dear to their hearts in the spaces where they operate. Zani, if you don't mind, we need to go to the shops again. We'll be back with you in a moment. Let's take an ad break. Avi on money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 19 minutes to the hour, and the reason we say the hour is because the show's played multiple times. So it actually is 90 minutes to one. But uh, someone listening to me at Sunday morning, they get a bit confused and <laughs> think they had a very good night the night before. They, they've lost track. But uh, Zulani um, Zuma, who's the MD of Service Integrated Solutions, coming back to you. Um, we are running out of time. You asked me for how long do we have, and as the hour goes very quickly, where, where do you see yourself taking Service Integrated Solutions 
going forward what's your what's your big picture so uh, as a business obviously we we want to be a successful business but i think importantly for us we want to be able to um drive value for for our customers and whilst we edit provide qualitative services that ensure some level or degree of cost saving for for all our customers especially in these um you know um economical times where everybody's looking for an opportunity to save costs somewhere so our focus as a business has been about being there with our clients when things are good and when things are, are bad and that has literally informed the whole passion and drive towards integrating our services making sure that every time we land in front of a client we're able to show them the benefit of using um an integrated model versus a single line service but importantly we also want to create an enabling environment for our customers um you know for them to do um what core business is about so that they can sleep better at night so where our business is going we would love to impact on um you know the facilities management industry growth in the in the country that's one but importantly as a business and i think for me this is very close to my heart um with a company a company that employs um to date in south africa in excess of 20000 people in south africa alone you know remember we've got a footprint in africa we've got a footprint in the uk but in south africa alone we employ in excess of about 20000 people that is our contribution to socio economic you know dynamics within the country and i want to lead a business that continues to play a role in eradication of poverty within the country by way of creating the job opportunities maybe importantly sustainable job opportunities um for the communities where we operate and for the people that come on board into our company and form part of this big capable team that helps us deliver the services we promise to our clients one thing you've said here is that you are a a majority black owned facilities management company correct this is not a politically loaded question about it's not asked from a practical point of view being majority black owned is that an important aspect in your organization it is indeed um like i said i mean i mean your 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 articulations earlier about you know um the unfortunate history that this country has it has become important for corporate citizens of uh, of south africa to acknowledge that past and look at how do we then you know contribute towards changing that for the betterness of generations to come and for us to try and do that we need we need to find opportunities to um, you know open up those doors for um though the communities that have been previously disadvantaged and it goes without saying i mean i mean you're right not being political you know the black people in the country for the longest of time did not have the opportunities that other people living within the same country had and in as a company as an organization we felt um from the shareholders uh, the feeling was there is an opportunity for the organization to welcome you know um um 
black participants into the business. And hence the offer was made, the opportunity was opened for 51% of our business to be bought by a company um, called KTH, Kahiso Tiso Holdings, which now holds 51% of our business. And, and that is not a tick box exercise for us. It is a conviction that we have. It is a commitment that we hold with pride because we are a citizen of South Africa and we are aware of the challenges that this country has gone through. And we want to contribute to um, changing that for the better for everyone going forward. So you've brought, well, I brought in that component second. The first component you brought in was about job creation. So if I put the two together, what you're looking try to do, trying to do is reduce the Gini coefficient to make sure that as there's upliftment across the board, there's a different salary structure for senior management and there is a different structure for people who are working on the ground. And we're not going to get into that. But sure. the, the increase has to be across the board is the benefit has to be spread out. And I think – Sadly, that's exactly what you were saying, yep. is that if we can uplift the guy who's working in a garden, knowing that he's got a sustainable job where he's happy to do what he's doing, he's growing, he's got potential, and that he sees himself being here indefinitely because sure. he's happy at work, and next year he'll earn more than he's earning this year. Correct. And that he's treated with respect, respect and dignity. All of a sudden, his child and your child have exactly the same opportunity. And that's it. That's the reality of it. You know, it's something that I often ask because it's interesting to see the reaction of people. Sometimes you get a very um, almost aggressive reaction. And it's nice to see a reaction like yours where it was just candid. This was the mistake. This was the issue. This is how we're going to fill it up. But we're not going to do it in a way where certain people are going to benefit and rest are going to get mm. left in the past. Um, if you don't mind, we're not going to take a break now. We're just going to go into the end because we've literally got three or four minutes left. Let's step out of service. And I know it's difficult because you wear the hat as, as yep. MD of India Solutions. Our country at the moment is going through hell. There's no other way to put it. You, you turn on the radio and it's just doom and gloom. We always, it, it's just it's, it's overwhelming at times. Yet there are people like yourselves and my family and your family all sitting and making things happening and going forward. Where do you see this country in the next three to four years? Wow. So personally, um, I'm very optimistic. Um, the country, I believe, has an opportunity to, to turn you know, um, the pyramid upside down and, and literally drive towards a better future. It is all in our hands. So for me, our future is dependent on, on our contribution today. So as an optimistic, proud South African, I see this country moving forward. But I think important is that we all need to come together with the same intention that we want to change our country for the better. And every decision we take, every action you know, we engage needs to be towards that. And it is a responsibility of each and every one of us. I am comfortable with what my vision of South Africa is going forward. And I think we all need to start being positive about the potential that this country has. And we need to then start doing that which is correct for the country, correct for each other. And as such, we're going to have better um, communities in the environments where we live. It's the Jewish New Year tomorrow, as we were discussing a little bit earlier on. And 
you know, it's called Rosh Hashanah, which is the beginning, the head of the year. Um, in other words, it's all encompassed in those two days. Everything is there, all the potential, and it's all brought down in those days. And it's our job to unravel that and sure. to, to, to maximize that which has been given to us in the year. So every year we're given this whole thing anew and afresh. If you were talking to, which you might very well be, a group of youngsters across the spectrum of this of the country, and you're saying to them, tomorrow's a new day, tomorrow's a new opportunity, regardless of who the youngsters are and what their socioeconomic background would be, what would you, as a South African, as an individual, what would your message be to youngsters, to high school kids? Important for me is loving and respecting each other. Because that is the critical foundation of how everything then plays out. We need to love, respect, and appreciate one another. We would have a better world if people loved one another, if people respected each other, and if we all you know, looked at life with the same eyes that what you see in front of you is not the end of it all. There is, like you're saying, at tomorrow and how tomorrow is going to pan out is dependent on how and what you do today i i i'm i'm really i've i know i'm a bit short of words but just it's been an honor to be in the studio with you um you're a humble man you're a large man in the way you come across you you've obviously done phenomenally well in the corporate world and in in um, service as it's as a company and i think they uh I think they know that they're happy to have you at the helm. <laughs> um, but I, I, it's just, as you saw, I've always tried to get a human perspective as to where we're going. Yeah. Because I see it every day when I sit with clients, I sit with young people and I talk to them. There's a frustration and there's an anger and there's this despondency and like, where am I going? I'm white. I don't have opportunity. I'm black. I've also got no opportunity. Mm. They're like, well, then who the hell does have the opportunity? And what you've said is that everybody has the opportunity. And uh, just to end off, I once listened to a clip from a a Greek Orthodox priest during the Serbian-Bosnian tragedy that went on. And he said the word tolerance is the most dangerous word you could use. Hmm. And my first thought was, why the hell is it dangerous? It's a great word. He said, I t-, he says, when I tolerate someone, it means I hate them, but I'm prepared to tolerate them. Yep. Acceptance is the word we're looking for. Sure. You are different from me. You behave differently. You have different cultures, different history. And I accept that. But what you said, Golani, just now is, but we both look forward to the same thing. So let's work, walk our different paths, but on a parallel line yep. to get to where we to want get to get. To where we need to be. Great. I don't know if there's anything else you, you want to add. Well, I just want to say um, Happy New Year. Thank you. To... Um, to your beautiful um, um, people of um, of your culture, I wish you guys the best. Um, and look, there is a better future out there. We all need to just be looking for it. Fantastic! Thank you, thank you. I'm I'm, I'm not even going to add on to that. I echo the sentiment entirely. Um, and uh, we will speak to everybody next week. Michelle Tate, thanks for putting the show together. Thank you for the controller over here on my right, and. Uh, just a shout out to everybody, and that's the entire country. We will speak to you next week.